Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. All right, I got a message. We're going to zip through it. Uh, so I don't know. Nobody, I don't, do people really take notes? You know, they act like they are. They're on their phone sometime and I think they're texting, but I'm, yeah. So the name of this, the name of this talk is tell it like it really is. I started to name it, tell it like it is. And so many people, uh, you know, claim to tell it like it is. And then they start calling themselves names like ugly, stupid, idiot, like I do on the golf course. Yeah. You know, and I just, I answer myself later. I said, why did I say that about myself? Well, you're just telling it like it is. No, no, I, I told it like I was feeling. How is it really? Oh, really? Well, actually, if I tell it like it really is, God loves me. God has a special purpose for my life and golf can't ruin it. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's tell it like it really is. Uh, Some people tell it like it is. Some people tell it like it used to be. Some people tell it like it ought to be. But God tells it like it really is. Now we all agree that God's word is powerful. With words, he created the universe. And it's upheld by the word of his power. Now this is something I think is neat. The power isn't in his hands. He didn't form the world like this. He formed it with his words. So, yeah, the power is in his words, not in his hands. And he created you to change your world with your words. So it made me think, why did Adam and Eve, why did, why didn't Adam and Eve recognize the lie of the devil. There had been no lies told to them. God's word is truth. Why didn't they recognize the lie of the devil? This is what I think. Because it appealed to them. For some strange reason, lies have a kind of attraction. Romans one twenty five. This would be a good description of Adam and Eve, actually. Doesn't mention their names, but it just made me think of them when it says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. So words are powerful. Words are powerful. What you believe and what you speak are powerful. We give our words too little credit and the devil's words too much credit. Your words are what makes you like God. They can attract his promises to you or drive them away. I used to pray to God to do something about my circumstances. But then I read about how Jesus was asleep in the boat with his disciples. And a big storm came up. And the disciples were afraid. And they began to wake Jesus up. Jesus, do something. And what was interesting is, Jesus said, O ye of little faith. It was like what Jesus was saying, why didn't you take care of the problem? I've been teaching you now for nearly three years. You take care of the problem. Well, they didn't know how to do that. Well, 
then the Bible says Jesus spoke a word and he calmed. He said, peace be still, and the storm calmed. He expected the disciples to take care of the storm. And sometimes we're expecting Jesus to take care of our storms. We're expecting God to come down from heaven and do something when actually he's expecting us to use his word over the storms, over the circumstances, over the obstacles, over things that we believe about ourselves that are not true to change our world with his word. Years ago in my first in my first church out in West Texas I was just learning about how to speak God's word and expect things to move because I spoke God's word over it and I remembered that Jesus expected his disciples to take care of the storm well one day a storm did come up now out there we really like storms because we need the rain for the crops And here came this storm out of the west, and I was going, yes, we're going to get some rain. And it passed us up. It just went right on. I could see it outside the parsonage door. I saw it going, and it was going on off to the east. Well, something came. It seemed like I was anointed to speak a word at that time. I went out on my front porch, and I said, Cloud, in the name of Jesus, come back here and rain. Well, lo and behold, (laughs) that cloud turned around, came back, and rained, yeah, all over the county. Well, maybe that was a coincidence. Well, that was pretty unusual. I just believe it was God-anointed words that did that. Another time in another ministry that I had down in Houston, uh, my house was about 11 miles from the church, and it was board meeting night, so I had to get there. I couldn't say, oh, the weather looks pretty bad and uh, there's <clears throat> there's a tornado watch and all that stuff. All that was going on, but I said, well, I've got to go to the board meeting. <clears throat> so I jumped in my car, got on the access road of I-45, and about that time, <clears throat> this tornado came down out of the clouds right in front of me. For some reason, fear did not enter my heart at that time, but faith. And I pointed at that tornado and I said, get back up in the clouds. Immediately it went zip, had no problem getting to the church. Well, and then when was it? About 20 years ago, whenever that that big tornado came right over River Oaks and downtown, remember that? Yeah, well, we were living in Lake Country and it came right over our house and And I stood out on the back porch again and was rebuking the wind and the tornado and whatever else was out there. And it's kind of scary, and sometimes that's hard to do, especially when the electricity goes out and it's dark. Yeah, fear comes in sometimes in darkness. But no, I just said, in the name of Jesus, it's not going to come near us. Well... After a while, the lightning flashed, and we looked over at our neighbor's house, and the whole top of their second story of their house was gone. Yes, it didn't touch our house. You know, not because we're so wonderful or or so indispensable to God. No, I went out and spoke a word. It was a God word, and it was for God's time. So, you know, having said that, 
Somebody might say, you know what, preacher, I tried that once and it didn't work. Well, you know what the problem is? You tried it. You know, Jesus never tried to do anything. When he stood out in front of Lazarus' tomb, he didn't say, well, here goes nothing. No. No, he spoke a command. Lazarus, come forth. So this stuff doesn't work if you try it. It works when you do it. And in my life, not everything, not every prayer has been answered. I'm not saying that. Not every command that I, that I gave to the heavens came to pass. I'm still puzzled about some things, like why it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But I think it has a lot to do with uh, an unction of the Lord. It has to do with anointing, and it has to do with appointing. And I can't get into that, but uh, we could have a pretty good discussion about that. Oh, yeah. The Bible says we have the power to speak words of life and death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now that's pretty powerful, life and death. With words, we agree with God's word or we deny it. So think about the power of your words. You know, these words are not way off. The Bible says the word is near you, in your heart and in your mouth. So it's not way off that we've got to send somebody up to heaven to get it and bring it down. No, it's very near, as close as the words of your mouth. And think about this. Everything you've done, good or bad, you talked yourself into it. You said, that's what I'll do. I mean, just as simple as, Going to the grocery store. I'll bet you said, I'm going to the grocery store. And that's what you did. Like becoming the pastor at Rockwood way back there in 1984. Uh, uh, I, I had applied for several churches and I thought my credentials were good. And the first church I applied to would call me up. Uh, no, I just got a letter from them saying, forget it. We don't want you. Then one day I got a phone call. This was a phone call, not a letter, saying that the pulpit committee at Rockwood Christian Church wanted to meet with me. Well, as soon as I hung up, Becky was standing in the kitchen, and I said, Becky, I'm going to get that church. Well, how did I know? I just said that. And it came to pass. So God said, listen to my words, put them in your mouth. Why? Because they're a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. Paul said, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And what happens when you do that? You confess that Jesus was raised from the dead and you believe it. Therefore, you're saved. How did that happen? I said these words and I got connected to salvation Yes, exactly. You connected to salvation by your words. The heart is not enough. Without your words, salvation can't do anything to help you. The devil can't stop your salvation or your daily victory. When the angel told Mary that she would give birth to the Messiah, she responded, She responded with this, whatever, 
Y'all don't believe that? No. She said, as you have said, be it unto me. Her response connected with God's invitation. Listen, folks, this is what I'm trying to say. Your response to God's word connects you to God's invitation to all the goodness and promises of God. Psalm 145, 10 and 11 says, All your saints shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. Well, there's a good way to start your day off with a prayer. God, today I'm going to speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. And have you used that power to tell your obstacles in life to get out of the way, to move, stop hindering you, and devil, stop lying to me. Here's the key. God created you to be like him. God spoke and it came to pass. So you also can speak God's word and see it come to pass. So we're not using magic words, but God's promises. We don't have to be creative. Jesus used God's word, what God had already spoken, what God had already promised. He claimed it and received it, walked it out. You can't get into some you can't get something from him he hasn't authorized you to have or to do. Now I've seen success and failure in this realm, but I don't stop talking. Why? Because I've seen God's mighty power when I spoke it forth. And just because there was some things, there was a glitch at some place or another and something didn't happen I expected God to do, I don't quit. I don't give up because I know God's word works. Here's what I say is, I don't know what happened. Something went wrong, but I don't know what it was. But here's what didn't go wrong. God's word and God's power. That didn't go wrong. There's a problem on this end sometimes and we don't understand everything. One day we will. Psalm uh, 92 says, I will declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. There's a good place to start. Is that scripture true? Certainly is. Well, what's true? Declare it. So your words don't make God do anything. He's not our servants. We're his servants. He has already said what he will do. Now accept the authority that Jesus gave you and speak his word and his solutions over your world. It's not just your privilege, but your responsibility. Cast out the darkness and speak light to your world. James said, whoever does not sin with his tongue is a perfect man. Wow. Want to be perfect? Oh, nobody's perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. How about this? How long could you be perfect? Could you be perfect for 30 minutes? Could you be perfect till noon? How about all day? Well, I've got the solution right here. Don't sin with your tongue. (laughs) Say, okay, I guess I'll just go the whole day without saying anything. There you go. You'd be perfect. So you speak your faith or your fears 
That's what we're talking about. They both have something in common. They both talk about something that hasn't happened yet. I'm having a little trouble with my PowerPoint here. Oh, there we go. There. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, Fan the flame of the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Why not speak that word over your life and see how it works out? So God, today, I'm accepting and recognizing and receiving, your word is true, that I do not have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. It's going to be a part of my life all day today because I just claimed that scripture. So how about this? When you get in your car and start down the highway, declare God's protection in favor. Becky and I often do that. When we get in the car, we'll say, not only we're praying for God's protection, but we're also saying, God, um, Holy Spirit, alert me to danger. Alert me to danger. So something's coming up. I always tell the story of the time that Becky had just prayed that. Holy Spirit, alert me to danger. She came up to a red light, which changed to green. She started to go through it, and she felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit to stop anyway. So she did. She stopped, and here a car from the other way had run the red light really bad and zipped right in front of her. Even though her light was green, she could have run on and had a side collision. Could have been terrible. But she was listening to the Holy Spirit. She was expecting the Holy Spirit to help her, and he did. Uh, Psalm 23 ends with, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's just as true for you today. Sometimes we just leave it in the past. We'll say, wasn't that wonderful for David? No, it's wonderful for you too. Just as true for you today. So you don't have to be original or even pray like the preacher. Talk about what God has said about you and what you can do with his words on your lips. It's amazing. You may not feel qualified. You may not feel like, well, I'm not a, uh, I don't know the Bible as well as I should. I can't remember those scriptures like you do. Well, you start. For instance, Ephesians 3.20 says, the exceeding abundance is the exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, that's what God will do. Okay, above all you ask or think, all you're capable of understanding, no, you just stand on it. Ephesians 3.20, make it a part of your prayer life. And it says, here's how it's working. It's working by the power that is working in you. Nehemiah, Declare what you know like Nehemiah did 
I'm not going into that story, but here's what he said was the key to his success. He said, God's gracious hand is upon me. Say with David, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. Surely means, of course, that's the way it is. That's the, that's the kind of God that we serve. Yep. So you can be sure if it's in God's word, it's true, and it's true for you. God's not wishy-washy about his promises. Jesus came to verify all that God had promised in his word. He was the word made flesh. So in case you weren't sure what God would do, Jesus walked it out. So if you're wondering what God will do about something, don't exclude yourself. Just say, what he's done for others, he'll do for me. You are a whosoever speaking to your mountains. Now this is a part one. I'm going to do a part two and talk a little bit more about that mountain that uh, we're commanded to speak to. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It will light our path and give us direction. It revives us in times of trouble. It brings joy. It brings healing and deliverance. It protects and keeps us from sin. It accomplishes God's purposes. It expresses God's will and his wisdom. So, believe it. You have God's attention and favor. Uh, How did I get that? Because you belong to him. You're a child of God. And just declare it. I am a covenant child of God. Thank you. I have favor, anointing, help in time of need, healing, provision, abundance, protection. They're all what has been promised to me. Don't just say, well, thy will be done. That's like saying whatever today. God, here's my prayer today. Whatever. Well, God can't answer that, can't answer that prayer. You might say, well, all of that sounds good, Pastor, but I'm not sure I'm capable or deserving. I'm not an apostle. I'm not Billy Graham. Listen, you are a big deal to God. Don't wait for deserving. In that case, no one would receive. Stay tuned for part two. I don't know when I'm going to preach it, but one of these days I will. Well, I've always got the wise and the wonderful Yeah, there we go. All right, here's the closing prayer. If you'd like to pray along with me. God, your words are living and active. They are healing when I'm sick. They lift me up and give me victory over all the lies of the devil. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. My cup runs over. Goodness and mercy are following me. By the spirit you gave me, your word is working powerfully in me i believe it and will also declare it in jesus name amen all right i'd like to call the the worship team to come back up here they're going to lead us in a couple of more numbers and then i'll come back and close it out well god is moving and something i didn't say earlier i want to be sure and say now 
thank you for your faithfulness and your tithes and your offerings during this time of being separated from each other and not being able to get inside the church. But we want to let you know you are inside the church spiritually, and we appreciate your tithes and your offerings and your prayers for this church. So keep it up until we can get together again and uh, let the ministry just continue in a powerful way. I don't know. Did anybody hear that loud noise? (laughs) I don't know. Well, anyway, the Word of God is living.